Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Chain, the blockchain startup backed by Visa and Nasdaq, has been acquired by a company building on the Stellar Protocol. Good evening. I'm Bailey Reitzel, and this is Late Confirmation from Coindesk, bringing you the top stories from September 10th, 2018. Social messaging app WeChat continues to block cryptocurrency-related accounts. This time, they've blocked mining giant Bitmain's channel. And stablecoins are everywhere. In line with the growing interest in crypto tokens, where the price doesn't fluctuate, two new stablecoin projects have emerged. And we'll finish up today's podcast by speaking with Coindesk reporter Brady Dale about the companies that were aiming to buy BitTorrent before Tron did. There were a few other companies that were either considering offers or were just approached. Like, But first, a word from our sponsor. Master financial technology online with the 10-week Oxford FinTech program. Interacting with an international cohort of business leaders and over 60 guest experts, you'll gain a practical introduction to key financial technologies and their business applications. Find out more at OxfordExecFintech.com. A long-awaited alliance was just now announced this morning. Lightyear.io, a startup building on the Stellar Protocol, bought business blockchain startup Chain. And through that purchase, a new company called Interstellar will be created. Chain has been relatively successful in its pursuits, raising more than $40 million, securing a partnership with Visa, and hiring a top manager from Goldman Sachs as its president. But now, with the acquisition, Chain seeks to broaden its reach from a private blockchain provider to, quote, a chain that anyone could access, end quote. And that's from the company's CEO, Adam Ludwin. Lightyear's team, in turn, has been looking for a link to institutions that could help commercialize their work. Ludwin and Jed McCaleb, the creator of both the XRP protocol and the Stellar protocol, have been negotiating the alliance since the beginning of 2018. In the new company, Ludwin will be CEO, McCaleb will be CTO, and Chain's co-founder, Devin Gundry, will keep his job as chief product officer. Interstellar is also going to keep the entire Chain staff around as well. messaging service WeChat has been censoring crypto-related channels in recent weeks following the Chinese government's crackdown on initial coin offerings, or ICOs. On Monday, the official sales channel of Bitmain, a huge mining giant based out of China, was added to the list of blocked accounts. However, another Bitmain official account, which provides product information for mining equipment, remains active. This follows several other moves by WeChat to eliminate crypto-related accounts off its platform. 
over the weekend an account called GoldCoins that had been publishing crypto market analysis for the past nine months got blocked. And on Monday, the official account of the blockchain project called Delphi, which is an Ethereum-based application similar to the Augur prediction market, became unavailable as well. More than 30 official accounts relating to blockchain and cryptocurrencies have been blocked on WeChat so far. Two new stablecoins, both said to be backed by the U.S. dollar, were announced on Monday. One by the blockchain startup Paxos, and another by the Winklevoss Brothers crypto exchange Gemini. The stablecoin created by Paxos, called Paxos Standard, has already been approved and will be regulated by the New York Department of Financial Services. Paxos is already a qualified custodian, which means approval also by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Aiming to provide a, quote, digital alternative to cash, Paxos will be destroying tokens once they are redeemed, and those still in circulation will be backed by U.S. dollars in the firm's custody. Similarly, Gemini stablecoin, named Gemini Dollar, is also said to be approved by the New York Department of Financial Services. Gemini announced it will hold the fiat currency backing their stablecoin through State Street Bank and insure it through the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation's pass-through deposit insurance program. Also, independent auditor BPM Accounting and Consulting will review the company's bank holdings every month, a feature that will hopefully save Gemini some of the controversy dogging Tether, the most used crypto stablecoin throughout the years. We're just over a week away from the first ever Consensus Singapore. If you've been to any of our consensus conferences, you know that it's a great place to learn, network, and grow your business. I was at Consensus here in New York this May, and wow, what an experience. I was able to reconnect with some of the crypto nerds I hadn't seen in years and also meet so many new enthusiasts. It was a great time. Join us in Singapore on September 19th and 20th to see more than 75 speakers, tons of industry announcements, and plenty of cross-industry networking opportunities. That's all happening in Singapore September 19th and 20th. Register today at coindesk.com slash events. So next, we have Brady Dale, who's been reporting alongside Annalise Milano on previously unreported news about Tron founder Justin Sun's acquisition of BitTorrent. BitTorrent is the peer-to-peer file sharing protocol that was so popular in the late 2000s. The news of the acquisition came out in June, but a Coindesk investigation has since discovered that the deal brought in a lot of blockchain companies. Previously, we reported that the deal led to a Tron stake in Chia, BitTorrent co-founder Brom Cohen's new company, and we also reported on how Tron actually got outbid by Neo Global Capital, but that deal didn't go through and Tron got the company in the end. So what's the latest on the story, Brady? So our most recent story, our last story that we did on it, uh, reports on the fact that it wasn't just Neo and Tron. I mean, of course, n- no one knew that Neo Global Capital was in the mix at all before. Uh, but this last story, uh, we, some of the sources who were involved, a variety of people, more than one source, uh, told us that there were a few other companies that were either considering offers or were just approached. Like the level of involvement is a little unclear. But that a variety of other companies were were in the mix and were sort of talking about whether or not some – getting BitTorrent might make sense for their different business models. And who were those companies? So uh, the companies were, uh, the ones that we hadn't reported reported on yet were Protocol Labs, uh, which is best known for Filecoin, and uh, and Icon, which is a, a big Asian inter-blockchain uh, project out there. And so the, um, and then there was a couple others that were, we didn't report on because there were some sources floated them, but we couldn't really get 
multiple confirmation on them. So there was there was a couple of the companies out there, but we we didn't we didn't name them. Um, but those two uh, we were able were pretty were confident about, and uh, it, it seemed like. Uh, Filecoin, which does, you know, file storage, kind of like Dropbox, but Decentralized thought that BitTorrent's technology might be helpful in that, you know, I mean, because they manage all this data around the web, that kind of makes sense. And uh, and Icon uh, thought there might be something sort of cross-blockchain useful in terms of managing uh, data that the Decentralized web is dealing with. So both seem pretty logical. And I think both of them also just kind of liked the idea of access to their users too, which is probably what Tron wanted as well. Yeah, so you were talking about Tron wanting BitTorrent's users. How many users does BitTorrent have? What does that look like? Uh, it's like a hundred million users, I think. But it's like it, it's it's. I mean, BitTorrent sort of uh, anticipated the decentralized web that you know is being built up now. So like, they're across a, vi- a variety of different uh, of different other user interfaces. So it's it's kind of funky, much like a lot of things in in crypto was funky too. Right. So it sort of makes sense that all these companies would want to buy BitTorrent. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Except for uh, you know, uh, and the question is: is there is there going to be a new business? The problem, BitTorrent's problem, was they never they were a, a used thing, but there was never really a business model for it. And will crypto change that? That's you know, I think that's it remains to be seen. Also, in your reporting, you found that BitTorrent actually came to EOS to ask them if they wanted to buy the company. That's right. Uh, Block One told us that they had approached them and that they just weren't interested, which I think raises the. So what what's we don't really write about in the story because it's just, we just don't really know. But what what was interesting in reporting on it is obviously no one who didn't get the company wanted to say that they, you know, no one involved wanted to say that they wanted it. So like of the various, we talked to a lot of different people, but you know, everyone sort of said they got what they wanted in the end, which isn't too surprising. But it did it did kind of see like if you look at our. If you look at our second story we did where Neo Global Capital bought it, it reports on how David Chow, the largest shareholder, originally Justin Sun just came to him to buy it. And that's that's what got all the wheels turning. Um, and he just wanted to buy David Chow's stake because that was more than enough to control the whole company. He He's a... He's a, the big venture investor uh, who's in, who who held a big piece of it, but he didn't want the other shareholders to get left out, so he pressed he pressed Justin Sun to buy the rest of those shares. And so, it, what's not clear, it, it could be that all these blockchain companies really were super interested in BitTorrent once it was being floated for sale, or it could also be that BitTorrent and and David Chow and his team were trying to make it look like there were a bunch of potential buyers in order to strengthen their negotiating position to, with Justin Sun to convince him to buy out everybody. So it's it, who knows? It could, it could be it could go either way. But I think the fact that Block One was approached and was very clearly we're not interested sort of maybe speaks to that second interpretation. Gotcha. Okay. And so Tron now has BitTorrent. Have they done anything with BitTorrent or what does that acquisition mean for the broader crypto space? Yeah, we just don't, we don't know uh, what Tron is going to do with it yet. uh, Other than the fact that um, Tron now has opened a Silicon Valley office and, and BitTorrent is in it now. So they kind of have a beachhead in the U.S., so I think that's important for Tron. What I think it means, what I, what I think is striking about this story, and this is just kind of my opinion, but um, it's the first big instance of a crypto blockchain company buying a well-known sort of Web 2.0 era company. Um, and, you know, if everything goes goes well in crypto, there's probably going to be more acquisitions like that. So um, this, this could be foretelling, you know, more acquisitions by our industry of the old industry to come. Cool. Yeah. Um, We'll be keeping an eye out on that. So thanks very much, Brady. Thanks, Bailey. 
Late Confirmation is brought to you by Oxford University's Said Business School. You can now study fintech entirely online with Oxford University's Said Business School. The 10-week program gives you the tools you need to build the future of transactions and commerce. You'll explore emerging technologies that will disrupt marketplaces and financial services, and examine the state of the industry and plan disruptive intra and entrepreneurial interventions. Throughout the program, you'll be exposed to key ideas, principles, and frameworks from CEOs of leading startups, corporate leaders, and instructional leaders at the forefront of research in the space of future commerce and transactions. Find out more at OxfordExecFintech.com. For more on today's stories and to subscribe to our newsletter, check out Coindesk.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Coindesk. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. For Coindesk, I'm Bailey Reitzel, and this has been Late Confirmation. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.